So welcome back to the Catholic Traveler podcast, special daily podcasts where we're taking you through the station churches of Rome during Lent. So you've made it this far. This is the fourth day of Lent, and we are at one of our favorite churches. (laughs) Shocker. Yes. Today, we're at the church of San Agostino, St. Augustine. And this church is located in the heart of Rome. It is pretty much a stone's throw away from Piazza Navona. Like if you had a really good arm, you could throw a stone from Piazza Navona and hit this church. Um, And it's also really close to the Pantheon. So the last three churches we visited, they're kind of on the outskirts of town, or not really outskirts, but they're situated in a place where a lot of people wouldn't be visiting. This one, you have no excuse not to visit this church. It is directly on the beaten path. Um, yes. But surprisingly, people just walk right by it all the time. I think part of it is that it is a little hard to find because I don't think many people, like it's kind of, it's not, there's no like beautiful piazza in front of it. It's not facing a busy road. You kind of have to go just off the busy road and it looks like you're just walking down an alley and the church is there. So I think some people miss it because it might be a little hard to find, but chances are if you've been to Rome, you've walked within, you know, 50 yards of this church. Yeah. And even if you walk right by it, it doesn't look amazing on the outside. It's up a few steps. Mm -hmm. There's an iron grate in front of it. So you might just keep walking and because usually you're walking between the Pantheon and Piazza Navona if you pass it. And so you're kind of going to one of those big sites. But if you skip it, you're really missing out because this is an amazing church, just starting with the outside. Um, So this church is like 1200s, I think. That's when it was built. So it's relatively new. So brand new. (laughs) As far as station churches go. Um, But the facade, it's this bright white travertine marble, which came from another very famous building, the Colosseum. Um, So a lot of marble the Colosseum is repurposed because they weren't thinking that eventually they were going to charge people to visit this old ancient (laughs) amphitheater. And so they would just take marble. They would take some of the iron that was holding all the marble together, melt it down. Um, And this is one of the churches that benefited from that because it has this beautiful travertine marble facade. So the front is this bright white marble um, that looks very much like the Colosseum marble because it is. And then uh, do you want to take us inside? Sure. I think there's something for everybody in this church in a way. There's some but there's something for, you know, the people that um that love art. There's stuff for the people who love the saints. There's just a little bit of everything. And when you first walk into the church, one of my favorite parts of the church is just to your left. So you generally walk in the right side of the church up the there's a big flight of stairs. And um just to the left as you walk into the church, there's this beautiful statue of Our Lady. And in Rome, a lot of times there'll be particular shrines where that are known for um, different intentions or, you know, different tombs of saints where you might go to pray for a specific intention. And when your intention's heard, you leave a little ex voto, a little silver plaque, a little heart. Sometimes they're in the shape of the body part that was cured. Um, ex votos come in a lot of different shapes and sizes. The ex votos you see at this statue are generally pink and blue ribbons, pillows, baby toys, pictures. And that's because women come here to pray at this statue for difficulty in childbirth, difficulty in pregnancy. They come um, if they're having trouble conceiving. And it's a really beautiful little Roman tradition that 
um, a few of my friends will tell you that has been very successful when I've gone on pilgrimage to pray for them. So um, at least one of my friends, I went and prayed. She and her husband were having trouble conceiving. And like four months later, she wrote to me and she was like, did you pray for us at San Agostino? And um, so it's really neat. It's it's a neat little tradition, but it's right inside the door there at San Agostino. Yeah, Madonna del Parto. It is a very powerful place. And there's been quite a few pilgrimage babies after I take people there. Um, and I have a little, just a personal story to share about it. Um, cause I have a big devotion to this as well. Our lady of childbirth, because, um, some of you know that we lost our first child. Uh, we named her Mia. And so I'd always go by there any chance I could. And I would pray for people that have lost babies or are going through that. Cause it's very painful. And one day I was there, it was, I think it was in the summer, like this random summer day. And I was like, I'm going to go stop by this church, pray for Mia. And so I was kneeling in prayer there. And after a couple of minutes, I looked up and I saw, you know, the baby pillows that are on the wall. And there was a pink one with the name Mia written on it. It was like embroidered in it. And that's not a name that you would hear in Italy. Like I've never met a Mia. I mean, I'm sure it's, maybe it's getting more popular, but it was just kind of kind of a little sign that she was there with me. And so now I love that place even more. So yeah, that's, it's a beautiful statue. And you'll also see several pictures of popes around it. Cause a lot of popes have visited this church and they go up and kiss the foot of Mary. It's kind of rubbed off uh, like golden toes because people have touched the marble so often. And like, like you said, like I said, it really does work and they have to change out these pillows and these ex votos all the time because so many people bring um, offerings for successful pregnancies. or um, So for no other reason, you should definitely visit this church for that statue if you know anyone that's trying to get pregnant, having trouble getting pregnant, or has suffered a loss. So yeah, and then just beyond the statue is a chapel with a painting by a very famous artist, Caravaggio. And uh, so he was he was most famous for being able to paint with light. So he would have like very dark paintings and he would have light focusing on what he wanted you to see. And uh, this particular painting, it's Our Lady of Laredo, uh, the Madonna of Travelers, Our Lady of Travelers, the Pilgrim, the Pilgrim Madonna. So it goes by a bunch of different names. And it has a couple of pilgrims visiting Mary and baby Jesus in Nazareth. And uh, the story goes that someone commissioned Caravaggio to paint this. And when he finished it, the guy didn't like it. I don't remember the reason. Do you know the reason? I don't know. Very controversial painting. Yeah. Very. Because Mary and the travelers are t- depicted kind of, um, it's a very humble setting. It's They're not like fancily dressed. Um, they're very simple, very humble. It's very authentic, actually. And um, there was kind of this uproar because it was kind of this lowly, you know, setting and the, the, you know, the travelers have dirty feet and it just wasn't something that was done at that time to depict something so like gritty. And, and so, and Caravaggio is known for that. He's known for realism and, and like, like you said, to the lighting, but also to, you know, it, this would have been gritty. Like these people are on pilgrimage. And so there's quite an uproar and controversy. Yeah. And so he was, also famous for the people he would use in his paintings. Like he would hang out in bars and he was friends with 
prostitutes and drunks. And so those are the people, those are the models that he would use. And so a lot of people didn't like that either. He wasn't like really popular during his time. Like it was much later that people began to appreciate his work. But this painting in particular, the the person that commissioned it did not like it. And so it didn't end up where it was supposed to. And now it's in this church. And you can tell by looking at the framing that it wasn't painted for this spot. It's kind of, it doesn't really fit the space. But you see that a lot with art. And it's just kind of a cool story behind that. That, you know, somebody commissioned Caravaggio to paint it, This who's now this amazing artist. And the guy's like, ah, eh, I don't want it. Um, and then there's another painting in there by an even more famous artist, Raphael. So he painted... I, you really have to look for that, I would say. Yeah, it's on the top of one of the columns in the church. And there are a few different prophets painted... And they're all in kind of the same style, but Raphael only did one, and it was Isaiah. And that one was actually commissioned by um, the benefactor was from uh, Luxembourg, I think. That doesn't really matter. But he mm. f- he felt like uh, Raphael overcharged him. And so he was like, <laughs> uh, you charge me too much for this. And so he went complaining to another, yet another artist, uh, one Michelangelo, and so this guy was telling Michelangelo that Raphael overcharged him. And Michelangelo actually said, uh, what you paid isn't even worth worth the price of the knee. Like saying that this work oh, is so wow. great that it's worth so more much. than, yeah, it's worth so much nice. more. And, you know, we hear a lot of times about Michelangelo and Raphael being not really rivals, but they were kind of contemporaries. Michelangelo being the older, kind of grumpier I'm better than you guy. So it's kind of nice to hear that he kind of gave Raphael some props about the knee. Yeah. Yeah. So the Raphael's painting of Isaiah is painted in the middle of the church on the the pillars. And you can tell which one is his, first of all, because it's the best. But second of all, because there's a light on it. So you kind of have to look for it, but there's no, you know, but you can see it. Yeah. I think think they have a little plaque below it now, too, that says something. There's more art, too, in the church. What else is there, Joni? So the high altar, I believe, is designed by Bernini. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah so Bernini altar. busy. And then there's an icon on the high, up top of the high altar, and it came from the Hagia Sophia, so the Blessed Mother, and it could be one of the ones that were painted by St. Luke. St. Luke painted a number of icons of the Blessed Mother, and this could be one of them. I like to think that it is. I do, yeah. too. Yeah, and then there's also a saint buried here. Well, there's a few, but there's one very, very important saint. Saint Monica. So it's she was the mother of Saint Augustine. So it's kind of neat that Our Lady of Childbirth is in the back, and but this church also has a connection to motherhood in that Saint Monica is buried in the front of the church. And she's off to the side, and there's a little chapel to Saint Augustine, and then um, her tomb, her sarcophagus, um, she actually died in Ostia Antica, which is Ostia was a port city near Rome, and then later her body was brought back. But that sarcophagus from Ostia is there under the hot, under the side altar. Yeah, and so a lot of people have devotion to Saint Monica. They love Saint Monica, but they don't know that she's here in Rome, and so easy to get to. Um, it's a beautiful tomb too. It's this green. I don't know if it's like emerald not it's not emerald uh jade or something not emerald yeah it looks it looks like jade i think i mean it has that like really bright green 
And then they, on the wall beside it, they also have her original sarcophagus that was an ostia that they brought here. Um, so it's much more ancient looking. Um, but yeah, again, so this church has Our Lady of Childbirth, a Caravaggio, a Raphael, a Bernini, possibly a St. Luke icon, and the body of St. Monica. And people just walk right by it. Yeah. No idea. Um, it's amazing. It's an amazing church. Yeah, it really is. It's, um, you know, St. Augustine isn't there. He's buried no. somewhere else. Right. But if you have a devotion to St. Augustine, you just you have to go because you have to go see his mom. And the Augustinians, there are other Augustinian saints there. Um, if anybody, if we have any Villanova grads um, listening, St. Thomas of Villanova is buried there. So it's it's just, it's a beautiful little jewel that people, like I said, like if you were in Rome at any point, you probably came within 50 yards. Even if you didn't walk right in front of this church, you were very close to it. Um, you know, if you know where the McDonald's is near Piazza Navona, you know where this <laughs> church is. It's right down, it's right around the corner. Yeah, and this was also, I don't know if it was the first church that Pope Francis visited, but it was one of them. Um, there's the mm. kind of the famous picture of him paying his hotel bill right after he was elected. So when the cardinals are yeah. here for the conclave, before the conclave begins, they usually stay in hotels or guest religious guest houses um, within the city. And so he was staying at one that's near Piazza Navona. And so after he was elected, he wanted to go pay his bill. I don't know why he didn't pay the bill before, like when he checked out. But maybe he wanted to wait till he maybe was he thought too. he was not getting elected and he was going to go back and stay another night before he maybe, left. Maybe, maybe. Um, but yeah, so there's the picture of him paying the bill at the hotel, and then he went and stopped at this church of Saint Monica, and he brought like this oil lamp. And Pope Francis has been doing this a lot uh, during his pontificate. He takes stuff that are gifts or they're things that are kind of hidden away in the Vatican that no one is ever going to see, and he donates them to the churches he visits. And so in there, there's a, there's a little oil lamp. And then I think he brought something else there as well. Um, yeah, one of his first things as Pope was to visit that church. I don't know if he has like some special devotion to her. There's another reason. Um, and you mentioned that St. Augustine is not buried here. Uh, but this, again, on their station day, this is one of the churches that brings out all of the relics. And they have the entire altar covered in reliquaries. And they have part of St. Monica. So in addition to her tomb that's to the left, they also have like her something. I don't know. I don't want to say what bone it is because I don't remember, but it's some bone. And they have some bone of St. Augustine. So they do have a little piece of him, this church that you nice. can venerate if you're there on his feast day. Or the Station Church Day. That's what I meant to say. Thank you, Jeff. Oh, but probably on his feast day too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably. They they do uh, big celebrations on their feast days as well. This was one of the first station churches I, we didn't walk all the way there because like I said, I lived outside the, the street, the city of Rome, but um, we took a bus and we walked a, like, you know, a decent amount. We decided to make a little pilgrimage. And so I always have this memory of walking in the dark because with the knack masses, they're really early in the morning, obviously. And so it's often dark in this during Lent. And it's just, I have this real like concrete memory of walking in the dark. And I think it was the first time I'd ever been to the church because we had started our studies not long before. And so it's, I, yeah, it's, we're going to say this every time, but it's one of my favorite churches and it's definitely worth a visit. Yeah. Well, this one can be a people, people's favorite churches because of all the stuff it has inside. Some of the other ones I were saying yes. were my favorite, just because of how I feel inside or in the area. But yeah, this one has a lot of highlights 
And so it's, it's something not to be missed. And there's really no excuse because of where it is. Right. Okay. Well, there All you right. go. San Augustino. We're done with the first week of Lent. It's, there were a lot of great churches this first week of Lent. Yeah. Does it yeah. feel like Lent's there's been more going to come. on for a year, though? It always does, right? Yeah. Well, no, I meant because, <laughs> like... <laughs> oh, because of the pandemic. Well, yes. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah, I think there'll, there'll be a temptation maybe to kind of coast during this Lent because we feel like we've been living it since, you know, March 15th of 2020. But, um, but don't coast through this Lent. No. Embrace the suffering. That's right. It'll be fruitful. No, it, it will be fruitful. You know, because here in Rome, everything shut down during Lent last year. I don't know about, yeah. I don't remember when things kind of shut down in Same. America. And March so 15th. like, I was, I don't, I don't remember which station day we were on last year, but I was going to the station churches and then all of a sudden I couldn't leave my house. So this is kind of like, yeah, it does seem like it's been going on forever. Do you know? Yeah. Yeah. It'll just be interesting to see how it all plays out. But Do I know? I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to oh. ask if you know of anything because everyone always says, do you know? And you don't. So oh, like no. when people like, can come back and, nope. you know. Nope. As it is now, we still can't leave our own little cities or regions. Yeah. So definitely not open to other countries visiting or other continents. And there's really no rumor yet. Um, some people are hopeful, like late summer, the fall, but that's just people talking. There's no... Yeah. Nothing official. Holding on to hope. Yep. All right. Well, tomorrow is not one of my favorite churches. <laughs> Yeah, it'll still be a good podcast. You should tune in. But it's, it's the most important it's church. It's just not one of my. It favorites. is, and it's not. It's neither mountain nor my favorite church, but. But it's fun to talk. We're going to bring you a podcast. There's yes, a lot of, we're going to bring you a, a great cool episode, and yeah, tune in to find out what church is tomorrow. All right. Thanks for listening. Ciao, ciao. Thanks, everyone. Ciao.